Good morning, Alex and friends. Today is Tuesday, June 13th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Today in Riverside, California, the high will reach 79.4 degrees and the low will be 64.9. Coming up on Alex's News, we'll be discussing several top stories of the day. Former U.S. President Donald Trump faces criminal charges for illegally withholding national security documents and lying to officials. The U.S. volunteer firefighting community is in crisis as recruitment drops and the aging population increases. In other news, U.S. inflation slows down, prompting calls for lower interest rates. Lastly, we'll be highlighting pride festivals across the U.S., as they embrace visibility for transgender and non-binary people. Stay tuned for more on these stories and more, right here on Alex's News. In other news, former U.S. President Donald Trump is now facing criminal charges related to national security documents. Here with the details is our news reporter, Antoni. Antoni, can you walk us through what's been happening with these charges? That's right, Connie. Donald Trump is facing 37 charges over alleged mishandling of sensitive data during his presidency, which includes the use of his personal electronic devices to keep and transmit this information. Trump appeared in federal court in Miami to face these charges. Department of Justice pictures reveal boxes of documents stacked inside his Florida estate, including in a bathroom. Wow, that's surprising. Could you help us understand what kind of consequences Trump could face over these charges? Experts predict that Trump's trial could be delayed due to classified evidence. If convicted, he could face severe legal consequences, and it's possible that he could even face jail time. It's important to remember that he is innocent until proven guilty, but these charges do carry a heavy weight. Okay, let's talk about the politics behind this story. Trump holds a lead in polls for the Republican nomination for the 2024 presidential election, with 81% of Republican voters dismissing the case as politically motivated. What do you make of this? Yes, it's interesting to think about the potential impact of these charges on Trump's future campaigns. His supporters see the case as politically motivated and do not trust the Biden administration. This is a strong indication that Trump could continue to operate as a popular but controversial figure in American politics. And what about Trump's own claims? He says he is being persecuted by the Joe Biden administration and that they aim to prevent him from running for president again in 2024. Do you think there's any truth to that? We do know that the Biden administration and the Trump administration disagree on many things. However, whether or not these charges are politically motivated is a complex question that is difficult to answer right now. It is possible that this is the case, but we won't know for sure until more information comes to light. Thank you for helping us understand the details of this story, Antoni. We'll be sure to keep a close eye on any new developments related to this situation. Welcome back to our morning broadcast. Now for our second story, we're going to talk to our news correspondent, Ellie, about a concerning issue in the United States. Ellie, what can you tell us about volunteer firefighters? 
Well, Connie, it's no secret that volunteer firefighters are facing a recruitment crisis in the U.S. That is, fewer young people are signing up, and the population of existing volunteers is aging. In fact, two-thirds of firefighters are volunteers, and they're mostly found in rural areas. Over the last 20 years, some departments have seen a 40% drop in volunteers, and this creates a significant problem. That seems like a concerning issue. Can you tell us about what the National Volunteer Fire Council is doing to address this problem? Yes, absolutely. The National Volunteer Fire Council has launched a nationwide campaign to try and boost interest in firefighting and raise awareness of the essential role played by volunteer firefighters. The fact is, this aging population of volunteer firefighters raises concerns about their ability to respond effectively to emergencies and the future availability of emergency services in rural areas. This is why it's so essential to encourage young people, especially in rural areas, to consider volunteering for their local fire department to provide a vital service to their communities. That's an interesting point, Ellie. Do we know what's causing this decline in volunteer firefighters, and is this something that could have long-term consequences? Experts have pointed to a few factors that are contributing to this recruitment crisis. For one, younger people seem to be less interested in joining up as volunteer firefighters. Secondly, we're also seeing a decline in the number of people living in rural areas where these volunteer firefighters are most in need. As for long-term consequences, the aging population of volunteer firefighters could pose a serious problem if there aren't enough replacements to take over their work. In addition, there may be longer response times or fewer resources available in emergencies. That's certainly a worrying prospect. Are there any other unique or notable factors that we should be considering? One crucial factor to consider is the cost of training and equipping volunteer firefighters. It can be very expensive, and with declining numbers of volunteers, there's a real risk that some departments won't have the resources they need to train their firefighters adequately. In addition, the COVID-19 pandemic has made recruitment efforts even more challenging, thanks to restrictions on gatherings and social distancing requirements. Lastly, it's also worth mentioning that volunteer firefighters often face public safety risks on the job without any compensation. This could be discouraging to potential volunteers. Thank you so much, Ellie, for bringing us up to speed on this issue. It's clear that there's a lot to think about, especially when it comes to ensuring that our communities have timely and adequate responses to emergencies. We will continue to follow this story as it develops. Stay with us for a brief message from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more news. Welcome back to our morning news. Our next story takes us to the U.S. economy, where inflation seems to be slowing down. Joining us now is Arnold, who has been tracking this development. Arnold, can you enlighten us on what is happening with inflation rates in the United States? Yes, Connie. The Consumer Price Index, CPI, which measures the change in the price of goods and services, rose by 4% in the year ending May. This is a decrease from the previous month's 4.9%. The lower inflation rate can be attributed to a decrease in energy prices and a decrease in the rate of food price increases. Could you explain to our viewers the significance of inflation's rates, and why are they important to the U.S. economy? Sure, Connie. Inflation is the rate at which general prices of goods and services rise, and it affects the purchasing power of the people. High inflation rates lead to an increase in the cost of living, which makes it more expensive to buy products and services. 
Low inflation rates, on the other hand, usually mean the products are more affordable. So what is the current inflation rate and how does it compare with the past? Well, the current inflation rate is 4%, and that is lower than the previous month's rate of 4.9%. However, the core CPI, which measures price changes for a basket of goods and services, measured 5.3% for the year. This core CPI rate is usually considered more important since it measures the cost of items that consumers buy frequently. I understand that Donald Trump has been vocal about his support for lower interest rates. Can you tell us how this relates to the issue of inflation? Yes, Connie. President Trump has been urging the Federal Reserve to lower interest rates. His reasoning is that other countries have lower interest rates, and this has boosted their economy. Lower interest rates stimulate borrowing and spending, which can create higher economic growth. However, the Federal Reserve is an independent body and doesn't always operate according to the wishes of the president. What are the potential implications of lower inflation rates? Well, there are both positive and negative possibilities. On the positive side, lower inflation rates mean that consumers' purchasing power can increase. This can stimulate more spending and boost the economy. On the negative side, falling inflation can signal a slowdown in the economy and decrease demand for products and services. Finally, I understand that the Financial Times has been covering this extensively. Can you tell us why they consider this news significant? Yes, Connie. The Financial Times has been focusing on this issue because it has global economic significance. The U.S. economy is one of the major drivers of the global economy, and any significant changes in the U.S. economy could have worldwide implications. As we all know, the world is interconnected, and one country's economic policies can affect the global economy. Our next story has to do with pride festivals in the U.S. and the focus that is being put on transgender and non-binary people. Here to tell us more is our news reporter, Jenna. Jenna, can you give us an overview of what is going on with this year's Pride Festivals? Of course, Connie. As we all know, June is LGBTQ plus Pride Month. This year, many Pride Festivals across the U.S. are increasing visibility for transgender and non-binary people. These communities are getting safe spaces with specific resources and support that they need. Legal support for changing gender designations and addressing transgender victims of violence is also being highlighted. All of these efforts are in response to some controversial legislation in several U.S. states targeting transgender people. So organizations and advocates are working hard to bring social networks and care resources to trans people. That's a lot of information, Jenna. Can you explain more about the specific needs that are being highlighted? Sure, Connie. Transgender and non-binary people often have unique needs that are not addressed by mainstream resources and organizations, so the focus this year is to highlight these needs. One key area is legal support for changing gender markers on identification documents. This is a complicated process that often requires going through the court system. Additionally, the transgender community is disproportionately affected by violence, so support services for victims of violence are also being highlighted. All of these efforts are meant to bring these issues to the forefront of the LGBTQ community. I see. Given the controversial legislation that you mentioned, what are some of the challenges that these organizations and advocates are facing? The challenges are numerous, Connie. 
For one, many of these organizations and advocates are working on limited budgets, so resources are scarce. Additionally, the COVID-19 pandemic has made it difficult to hold in-person events, which is traditionally how a lot of these resources were provided. Finally, opposition to transgender rights is increasing across some parts of the country, and this is making it more difficult for organizations to get their message out to the people who need it. That's a tough situation. Are there any potential implications or consequences of these efforts? Absolutely, Connie. The hope is that these efforts will lead to greater inclusivity and visibility for transgender and non-binary people in the LGBTQ movement. It's important to note that transgender and non-binary people have often been marginalized within the broader LGBTQ community, so these efforts are meant to address that. Ultimately, the hope is that there will be more resources and support available for these communities so that they can live happy, healthy lives. Thank you for that, Jenna. Is there anything else that our viewers should know about this? Well, one thing that's worth noting is that the transgender and non-binary community is not a monolith. There are many different people with many different experiences, so it's important for people to educate themselves and to listen to these communities. By doing so, we can create a more inclusive and welcoming world for everyone. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made with ChatGPT, Eleven Labs, and a program written by you. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.